Welcome to Kinship. We're church sisters who share our discussions so that you're encouraged to deepen relationships in your local church. Hi, I'm Frances, and I'm here with Bethany and Alyssa, and tonight we're talking about infertility. But first, question for you ladies. What was your worst babysitting gig? My worst one, I babysat for a, um, like a Bible study, and so the, the, the parents would just bring all their kids to me, but I would never know how many kids I was going to have until like that day. Mm. Wow. And so the worst time, I think I had 10 kids who were like, <gasps> oldest was probably three and under oh. all by myself oh, in a room, my in one room. In one little tiny closet. In one, basically <laughs> with a bunch of toys. They paid me by the kids. So that was kind of nice okay. to know like the more kids, the more money. But I, I just took a photo of, like, all these oh, kids. I mean, that was just so many for just one person. Oh, yeah. So I survived. It was fine. <laughs> but it was, you know, You must have been looking at the clock, huh? Like, oh, man. Oh, I'm sh- yeah. Oh. I, I don't even remember most about <laughs> it. I just remember it was so many kids. That was a lot of kids. Ooh. Okay. Um, I babysat our church members, kids, two families, and I think... Um, they just had infants at the time, but I had little exposure to infants. And so I didn't know how to onesie work. Like, oh, you could take apart the onesie <laughs> from the bottom and change it. I literally didn't touch the diaper bag, even though they left it there for me, but I was struggling. And one of the infants was crying the whole time. And you and PJ stopped by for some reason. I don't know why. I was just like, help me. Really? And like, PJ, I don't remember this. Yeah. PJ took one of the, um, took one of the infants and just like walked around outside and just like taught me like, oh, just teach him how to observe like there's a tree there's and obviously I just had no kids at the time he yeah was adding his fourth or something kid and so um I just remember I was so overwhelmed and literally Aww. they came home the parents came home they were like Melissa you touched the diaper back and I was like what's what? that yeah. <laughs> so I was sweating oh <laughs> man uh, for me, it was babysitting my nieces and nephews because my sisters are way older than me. So they would leave me their kids. I don't know if my sisters are listening or will <laughs> listen to this, but I love you. <laughs> um, and they would just go out partying and hanging out with their friends and they would leave me their kids. And I'd be like, okay. And I'm like young, probably 10, mm-hmm. I want to say. 10? Yeah. Like just taking care of this child that I'm like, all right. So I, I, I mean, I thank God for it. Cause I was able to learn how to take care of kids at a very young age. So my nieces and nephews sort of became like my little children of the world. Nice. But anyways, yeah, those are the worst. That's a young age. <laughs> Seriously. Uh-huh. Yeah. 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 All right. So tonight's a pretty heavy topic. Um, first off, I just want to thank Alyssa for agreeing to talk about this subject because we're primarily going to be focusing on her, her journey with infertility. And, um, I mean, I just thank God for her and wanting to talk about this. Um, there is a Bible verse that I want to read. It is Luke 1, 5 through 7. It says, actually, Bethany, is it okay if you read it? Yeah, Luke 1, 5 through 7 says, In the days of King Herod of Judea, there was a priest of Abijah's division named Zechariah. His wife was from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. Both were righteous in God's sight, living without blame according to all the commands and requirements of the Lord. But they had no children because Elizabeth could not conceive, and both of them were well along in years. 
Yeah, I mean, verses like this, Alyssa, like, what, what do you do with this? Like, especially with just your own journey and your own emotions and all that. Verses like this are encouraging for me because it by me not bearing a child biologically doesn't mean I'm less righteous in mm. God's sight. And that's helpful for me. Sometimes I'm tempted to think it's a punishment to my family or to me or or a curse on my body, but um, knowing that the Lord loves me and I can be um, blameless and I can love the Lord and follow his commands and obey him with all my heart and, mm. and try my best to repent and live by his grace is comforting for me. Yeah. Can you tell us a little about a little bit about your infertility journey? Yeah. So, I mean, um, Jose and I have pretty much been trying to conceive a child since the very beginning of our marriage, so almost six years now, we've been trying to conceive, and it can be, it was, it was it's been a very up and down journey. I think in the beginning it's stressful, and there's times of hopelessness, and there's times of deep sadness, and then you feel like you're at a standstill while everyone, you know, women or other lady friends of mine just kind of move past you, and you're kind of sitting here rejoicing with them but also being sad at the same time if that can make any sense to Mm. anyone so but it's almost like a silent struggle because you don't want to be complaining so much about it but at the same time you want to lament to the lord and and pray to him and grieve well and so it's such a journey because you battle a lot of different temptations and possible sin like feeling jealousy and envy and anger um, and it feels isolating when it feels like you're surrounded by children and women who are mothers and you feel like your identity mm. is can be um, found in that. And so it gets misplaced in the middle. Mm. So it's been hard because it's also it can be a very expensive journey. So some people choose to go. Um, the fertility route where they go see doctors and they um, pay money to do certain procedures and, um, and and try and get pregnant that way. And some people just go other, other ways, but it can be expensive. It's a, it's a toll on your body emotionally, physically, spiritually. Mm-hmm. And so personally for me, like we're still in the middle of it, but we're trying to see what the Lord is calling us to do or calling us to be parents a different way. But yeah. it, it causes a lot of, we'll talk about this, like, it, it's almost like an ongoing trauma, if that makes sense, because mm. we're constantly getting our period, like, as a woman, and so it's like a monthly reminder, like, oh, you're not pregnant, so you just, there's been times where I'm just crying, like, oh, mm. like, I'm in pain this way, or I'm late, and it's like, am I pregnant? Oh, no, you're not, so it's such an emotional toll on your body, and it's also a sign of struggle, I think, for the husband, because they want to support you, but they feel the pain in a different way and they just want to be able to love the wife so yeah we are i'm assuming because you're human like Mm -hmm. the struggle is going to be real of you feeling maybe disappointed Mm -hmm. with god or maybe even mad at god like talk about that yeah there's been times where i think i've earned the right to be a mother biologically and so i in some ways, it, it becomes like a performance. Like, I've done this and this mm. for you, God. Can you please give me give me a baby or give me a child that I can raise? And so there's 
that type of anger that I think mm-hmm. towards or I think he's lacking like wisdom to me um, like allowing other women to get pregnant that aren't in the position and I put that in quotes as yeah. me so I put myself in a position of pride and arrogance against other women or and and I judge other women so there's always that's a battle in my heart that yeah. I constantly have to repent of um, and sometimes I'm thinking like God you're withholding good from me I mm. if you're always good then and children are a blessing then why are you withholding this blessing from me yeah mm-hmm. and I guess the flip side to that would be like how has God comforted you yeah I think knowing that God is sustaining me in this trial and I know the Bible says his grace is always sufficient he is infinitely wise and he has perfect timing and he has provided other ways for um, me to be a mom there's other options like you could be a spiritual mother within the church to other women you could be a foster mom you could be an adoptive mom you could take in um, single women and teach them mm. um, and you could watch other church members kids and be a support for them as well so I think and, and also there's a hope you can look towards God and say like okay in the new heavens and new earth there's going to be full redemption mm. there we'll be, we'll be family of God and I won't feel this pain of barrenness forever there's a and then I know that we live in a broken world now and that's just the consequences of sin yeah but God has a plan to redeem in the end for us to all be family yeah yeah um how have you seen like your belief about struggle with um infertility change over the six years because mm-hmm. I'm sure it's like a emotional roller coaster in the beginning mm-hmm. and then I don't know I just feel like there'd be phases of it as mm-hmm. well six yeah. years in yeah how have you seen that change I think in the beginning, you're just like, well, we have time. We have time. God um, God must not want this right now. And then sort of as time goes on, it's like, all right, now I'm literally mad at everything. I felt angry at God, and then I felt angry at anyone and jealous at anyone who would just, like, post a pregnancy announcement mm. or, um, announce, yeah, just I'd, I'd attend a baby shower. I'd feel hurt. Um, but then the Lord is, was slowly revealing to me, like, okay, you can come to me when you're vulnerable and sad. You can cry out to me, and I'm going to comfort you in this trial so you could see my grace is sufficient. And so mm. it was in the affliction where I'm like, okay, he's going to endure me. He's going to grow my character here to rely more on him. My identity is not in motherhood. even though, And, and in some ways, I think back to the garden where, like, mm. like, God created Eve so that she would bear children too as part of her marriage to Adam. And so I think like, that's my role. Like I want to be like that. And, but then when I realized like my dreams were like coming undone, mm-hmm. um, then I'm like, okay, Lord, are you still good? Even when everything doesn't go my way. And then I saw the sweetness and trusting in Christ alone and him filling me with oh, no, I've adopted you into my family. Like, you're called to do the same with in, in other ways. And yeah. in other ways that aren't as popular or as easy, you're going to go down a different road and still show my love for the world through 
adoption and foster care and and other ways I have other things on my heart too that I want to do and so I'm like okay God you're gonna hopefully use a broken vessel like me and my body that feels like it's broken in this way in many other ways how because you brought up one which I never thought about before like Eve being created like to give birth Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean one of her roles Mm -hmm. but then also like you know, you were talking about your broken body. So there's brokenness there. Like, it wasn't how it was intended to be mm-hmm. in a perfect world. Yeah. How do you balance, like, feeling that brokenness and grieving it, but not, you know, sinning or getting angry against God? Like, how how do you have both of those yeah. together? I think what has helped me like reconcile both of those is like learning how to lament like I don't think I knew how to do that well probably until like I don't know a year and a half or two years ago I think I just had an angry or hurt or jealous emotion I just kind of like didn't deal with it but then when I was going through the Psalms I'm like oh these are filled with like hurt worried sad angry souls and they're just bringing it to the Lord and laying at his feet and then I'm thinking about Hebrews like he sympathizes with me and my weaknesses so I can come to the throne of grace and there he'll give me even more grace. So those passages would comfort me and it's like, okay, I could turn my, I can express like grief and despair um, and let God meet me when I feel like I'm in my deepest hole or deepest pit and know that he will sustain me and hold me fast till the end. And I've seen that like clearly the last few years, but it's taken Again, like years through going through, and I still, mind you, like I have up and down still. Like I've had it recently where I'm like, oh, that caught me off guard. I'm mm. like suddenly really sad again, and I think I just, I just journal it. I pray to God to um, help me, and He's been a comfort always. He's always there, so I trust that because He dwells within me. He, um, like the Spirit groans for me, like even if I don't even have the words, and God yeah. meets me there. It's insightful to think about going back to what Bethany was saying, like um, Eve being created and part of their purpose is like, go um, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth mm-hmm. and how infertility can mess with your identity. Yep. And I mean, I that connection can be so strong. Like, I mean, how explain to us, like, what are some thoughts that go through your head with messing with your your identity yeah I think yeah so I think it has messed with my identity um off and on for this entire time and so what I do replace those lies with because I know that my identity isn't in my fertility but it is in Christ so new identities like I'm a like I'm a slave for Christ so I could he could send me where he wants me to go I'm family in Christ so he's adopted me so I can adopt um, other children love them like family. Um, just creating new identities instead of putting all of my hope in being a child bearer, uh, and just yeah, a disciple, so I could be go out, and, go all out and making disciples. And so I have new identities in Christ. Yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. That's encouraging. What are some maybe like hidden pains of infertility that maybe aren't so obvious to? those who don't struggle with that can I ask with Mm. that maybe like Mother's Day it's right we just celebrated Mother's Day like I mean right now you are a mother Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but 
you know, last, I don't know, two, three years ago, right. that might have been different. Like, yeah. Right. Yeah, Mother's Day, oh, yeah, I agree. Um, I think it's interesting, even now, like, when someone reached out to me saying, how do I feel? I was just like, I just feel fine. Like, it just feels, this year, I didn't feel, like, super high or super low. But I think other years, it's super painful because you yearn for something so deeply and so close to your heart. But I think some silent struggles are sometimes a lot of um, comments that people will make well-meaning, trying to be loving, but it can be sometimes invasive or hurtful. So um, some of the questions that people ask, like regarding intimacy. So mind you, infertility puts a lot of pressure on the intimacy between like me and the spouse or whoever's struggling with it. And so even asking like questions about intimacy life um, can be difficult. Um, I think... Like to put blame on you, like you're you're doing yeah, something like, wrong. Yes, mm. certain positions yeah. and all that. The, the lube. Timing. What lube are you using? Yes, <laughs> the timing of it, positions. Uh, like, what are we doing after when it's all done? Like, it's just it's putting a your lot. legs up. Yeah. But... Yes. And so, <laughs> Bethany's not. It doesn't know. No, it, you don't know these. No. Oh, I, someone's told because you know it took us ten months to get pregnant with Shiloh, so I actually heard those suggestions. Mm-hmm. But I think it hits different when you're only 10 months in. Yeah. Because you haven't heard all these things yet. So it was actually like, oh, I'll give it a try. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so. And maybe at some point you were like, oh, I'll give it a try. Yeah. But then obviously. I give the legs up a try for yeah. a long time. So I was like, oh. <laughs> So years right. down the road, you're like, yes, I know. I've yeah, yeah I've tried this. Right. Yes. Or even things like, like saying things like, oh, you're young. That comment I would mm. get a lot. Um, anytime I would say. Like, oh, guess what? And I'm talking about something else completely. People would say, like, you're mm. pregnant. And so it's like, oh, no. Like, sorry. Like, you're disappointing them every time. But you're, like, also, like, your heart breaking inside. Um, I would think that would be another hidden pain is that disappointing. Like, if you feel like you're letting your mm. parents mm. down or whoever wants you to have a kid. And then yeah. you have to be always the one saying the bad news. Mm. Yeah. You want to bring the good news. Yep, yeah. Exactly. That You know, I didn't even categorize it, but that is something. Like, I, I have thought about that. So, mm. yep, disappointing others. Um, and just, yeah, just, again, just be mindful of different holidays or events that, like, we're struggling when we see all these kids run around or all these babies and that's just what we want so much. And so have you ever um, battled with like bitter thoughts towards your spouse in regards to this? Because sometimes, right. You Mm -hmm. could take a test and see if it's like the Mm -hmm. husband or the wife, Mm -hmm. like, so specifically with me and Jose, it was interesting because when we were first getting tested, I totally assumed it would be him who had Mm. an issue. But then it ended up being me, and I was just... And then there's the guilt that comes in. Mm. If it is the woman who has an issue with the fallopian tubes or cysts or various issues that can happen, um, there's that level of shame and guilt that you're feeling about, like, um, about not being able to conceive, and you feel bad for your husband who Mm. really wants a biological child. And so... Yeah. um, Yeah, I mean, yeah. And there's been times when I've struggled with bitterness against... Jose, and then again, it affects the intimacy life. So you're so you're always just trying to like time it, and you're mm. gonna, you're saying you know it's not gonna work out if we don't do it. But then it becomes like a big performance, and so instead of intimacy being a worship to the Lord and a means to connect with your spouse, it becomes like a roadmap to get pregnant, and that is extremely stressful and tiring. So, mm. and even with infertility, right? You can we can talk about this another time, but with like 
miscarriage and stillborn births, those are devastating too. And so to go through those processes and not feel a category and how to mourn yeah. those two and have the church walk with you is important. Hmm. How do you, like, how have you personally dealt with the guilt and shame of it? What's helpful is when your spouse also knows deep gospel truths, and so they can kind of mirror it right back to you when you're feeling um, despair. But, yeah, when I have felt shame, I just cry, (laughs) to be honest. I just Mm -hmm. cry because I'm like, you just feel sorry and, you know, embarrassed. And then you tell sisters in the church, to be honest, to pray for you Mm -hmm. because and to walk with you and, and be a vehicle for you to speak with and share these heartaches with and hopefully they can encourage you in your shame and remind you of your identities in Christ but it's hard like yeah. I, I can't I feel like infertility is so deeply personal it's very difficult to talk about and so often you're like oh, it's dumb to bring up right now mm. I, like it doesn't feel like the right time um and it feels hard to be repeating the same prayer, to be honest, for years. I hate, mm-hmm. like me, I hate feeling like I'm burdening other sisters to say, can you keep praying for my womb? It's been the same thing for six years. And that's also hard for me because mm-hmm. that's, that's like an ongoing thing. Always pray for my womb. But yeah. um, if not, help me be content in Christ. Yeah. How can the church walk with you? Yeah, so pray fervently for our wombs and and let us know. I think it's encouraging that you're praying, letting us know. Um, Can that also be discouraging? I was about to say that. Yeah. I also feel like it could, probably could be discouraging. Yeah. I thought about it as soon as I said it. Um, yeah, I felt both, but it's, again, it's kind of the roller coaster. Like, you're right. like, oh, it's so encouraging. And it's like, oh, you're, you're doing it again, and right. God's not answering. Sorry, that's another thing that it feels like. God like God isn't answering or hearing my prayers or the church's prayers and so that feels scary um I know recently you started asking Mm -hmm. the church to pray for this like at our evening service and that was a big step for you yeah it was okay it was because you're oh that's that's why Bethany's comment came in like that's where it comes into where you feel like you're gonna let the church down Mm -hmm. when God's not answering it so you put the pressure back on yourself too make it happen yeah um i think also just pray for our connection time with our spouses it's important for intimacy not to be about conceiving a child alone that it's about an act of worship to the lord also pray against like our own bitterness uh, against god and other people um it is a roller coaster so it comes and goes um be there on hard days when i need to cry when i get my period Mm. um and like check maybe i like i I appreciate it when people check on me when they know something's going to trigger my emotions. So we just had a baby shower recently, like a virtual one, and I had a few sisters ask, come up to me and say, how did you, like, do, or how did you mm-hmm. feel during it? So it's just nice to say, like, oh, like, that one was harder, or that one, like, mm-hmm. I felt, like, totally okay, and, and, like, giving me a safe space to share um, my hurt, if there is any, and then give me gospel truths. Yeah. Um, another one, oh, sorry, go ahead, Bethany. I was just going to ask, like, um, you're so open and vulnerable, Alyssa. Mm-hmm. I'm just wondering, for people who have maybe different personalities, because not everyone will want to talk about it all the time, or, mm-hmm. or and I'm sure you don't either, mm-hmm. but I don't know if you've had conversations with different ladies at the church or in general 
who have different personalities that, than you and, and maybe different ways of loving them? Mm-hmm. Or do you think it looks the same? No, I totally think it looks different for um, every woman. But some other ways are maybe like writing to them. Maybe they need some time to process so they can write an email or a text message. Um, maybe just grabbing coffee with them and um, talking about it specifically. We're just going over to their house, bringing practical gifts to comfort them if you know they are struggling with infertility. Um I just think, yeah, just know their love language and how they specifically feel appreciated and cared for and meeting their needs in that way. Um, uh, Sorry, this was another idea that I just thought of, but with fertility treatments, it's like super expensive. So I think another way the church could come alongside is if they know there's a big expense coming, they could help them with um, some sort of fertility treatments, but that's just like a practical need. Or if there's a surgery meeting their needs when after the surgery is happening, because that's good. Yeah, they could they could need help. Where has the church failed you? I know I failed you, so I'm like, all right, here we go. Um, I think the church can grow in making the woman who struggles with infertility feel valued. And I don't even know specific ways how to be honest off the top of my head, but there's but there's, just have that thought in yeah. your mind as you engage. Yes. So even this past Sunday for Mother's Day, I thought um, our brother did a good job to acknowledge the woman of all sorts um, and and her role as a mother to different folks on Sunday. So that was that was comforting and sweet. Another thing that the church can grow in is praying for us um checking in on us would be nice and um just knowing they care for care about us and comforting us i think so i think that's the way church can grow i had another situation with a sister where she um got pregnant at the same time i took a negative pregnancy test and she was nervous to tell me and so she didn't tell me for a few days and i'm very very close with the sister and so I when I had found out I almost felt like it was just a relief for her versus allowing me to celebrate with her and so um it created a my infertility I already recognized creates like a fragility around others um, who are pregnant and who feel nervous to tell me and so that makes me feel sad and so just treating us okay and this is just for me I don't know I don't know if this is for every um woman who struggles with infertility but also just treating me like normal at the same time, knowing I love you and will celebrate you too and the baby that's in your womb. So that would be helpful. And I think ultimately, I mean, when people want to comfort me, ultimately point me back to Christ, who is a hiding place for me, who is a refuge for me. And so when I try to find comfort in my identity of not being able to conceive or and other people um, just pull me back to Christ. And and knowing Christ and God grieves with me, and he's sad that I feel sad about this broken part of my life, but um, but he's going to redeem it in the new heaven, the new earth. Now for our last question, what are some ways you can be a mom? Yeah, so I touched on this earlier. Um, I mean, I'm a foster mom now. Um, you can adopt, um, be a foster mom. You could do overseas, domestic, foster care adoption. You can take care of those in the church, children in the church. Um, 
And also, there's other other orphans like refugees. There's um, you can take care of um, widows in the church too, um, and be a support to them of single people, of immigrants, etc. So I just think that God has provided many ways for me to be a mom, for you to be a mom. Um, and he sets the lonely in families. I just read that on a t-shirt somewhere. It's some Bible verse. I can't remember, but, um, I think that we could be family to, um, a lot of other people who need a home. And so those are ways that have provided comfort an earthly comfort for me for now until, you know, until I yearn for new heavens and new earth. Yeah. I like that. Well, thank you, Alyssa. I know this is a tough um, topic, not just for you, but in just in general. So thank you so much for opening up. I know it's not easy, but we love you. And thank you for listening. Uh, for the two that are out there, um, please leave us a review on iTunes. Is it four stars or five stars? I can never remember. I think it's five. Just do the top, maximum. <laughs> the maximum stars. Um, and subscribe to our um, IG or Instagram. It's Kinship Podcast. You don't subscribe. Um, I think you oh, like just follow kidding. or just become a follow. friend. <laughs> <laughs> subscribe to our YouTube. We only have like one uh, YouTube video on there. Anyways, uh, yeah. Thank you for listening. And Lord willing, we'll come back again with a different topic. Okay, bye. Bye. Bye.